How do Does we start this want... out again? <laughs> it's been a minute. Well, we were picking somebody yeah, who did the ourselves intro in order, right. right? Okay. Yeah, that's right. I'm. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Blooper reel. Uh, I'm Mike. <laughs> I'm Josh. I'm Dave. Yeah. And I am Josh. And this is. Does it suck, Does it suck now? Now. now. Sucking now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. And and when we come. pumped to talk about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I'm so pumped. Does anyone want to do the intro? Like. That is the intro, Dave. That is. I'm so pumped. No, the intro to the movie. (laughs) Numb nuts. (laughs) 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 This week, this week, we watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure. The 1985 release directed by Tim Burton and music mm-hmm. by Danny Elfman. And the first collabo. The wild adventure of a seemingly old child who <laughs> is a virgin, I assume, who loses, I don't his, know. gets his bike stolen and the wild adventure with which he must go on to retrieve said bike from the clutches of... I think no one at the end. Francis. From <laughs> Francis, where it all started <laughs> in the first place. By the way, did you notice that, it, and this is when I was reading facts about the movie, it's the, it's the plot of the bicycle thief. Yeah. Yeah, I may be saying this, it, it might be incredibly obvious to any, everyone, but apparently the idea came from they were on the Warner Brothers lot and the lot is so big, they would ride bicycles around the lot because the studios would be far apart from each other. Originally, he wanted to make the movie like a Pollyanna movie where he comes to a town and like changes everybody's lives. But he was riding this cool Schwinn that the Warner Brothers gave them, gave him and was just like, fuck that. I'm making this about a stolen bike. I'm making the bicycle thief, but with Pee Wee Herman. And we should note that the movie came out before Pee Wee's, uh, before the TV show came out. Well, yeah. Playhouse, and it's Tim Burton and Danny Elfman's first movie, major movie. Together. 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 Uh, ahead, Tim Burton had shot, Frank I guess, concerts. Well, he he made Frank and Weenie, and that's how he got introduced to Pee Wee Herman, because Shelley Duvall, I guess, was in Frankie Frank and Weenie, yeah. and so she she made the intro. But but Dan, but <laughs> but Tim Burton used to shoot Oingo Boingo concerts, Danny right. Elfman's band, and that's how they knew each other. And, and that was his first apparently, movie. Apparently, Paul Rubens like sought out with great vigor. The services of Tim Burton, like he wanted. Well, that was a genius move because Tim Burton. This is like an all-time directorial job in and. terms of like of like taking classic Hollywood and just mixing it all up in this weird surreal thing. It's awesome, Tim Burton. I thought, yeah, John, I agree with you because I, I. It's so funny. I'd forgotten when I watched it that Tim Burton had directed it, and I kept being like, "Why does this feel so familiar?" And then they got to the clown section, and oh. the archways and the set. I was like, "This <laughs> has to be Tim Burton. This is like yeah. only Tim Burton." And I love how Tim Burton, through all his movies, to be honest, uh, or you know, has this way of making a grounded reality that is not reality that somehow you're cool with. Like it it doesn't take you out of the movie when he does this weird stuff. But I will say this. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to like to, to add to that point, like the movie gives you a, what I think is a just fucking genius visual representation of what you just talked about, Dave, like everything Tim Burton's ever done happens when Pee Wee first leaves his house, like 10 minutes into the movie. When he, you got, you spend like, I don't know how long, maybe it's 10 minutes. It's it's a long time to the point that my four-year-old Margo was like, does he do all this every morning? (laughs) (laughs) I did think that was a little much. Yeah, I agree. So so we're meant to believe that he does. The shot when you do all that 
And then he walks outside and you might as well be in like Pittsburgh or somewhere like that. And yeah. it's fucking genius. You walk outside and it's just blue collar suburban USA. Well, and, the best- and I immediately as an adult was like, Man, if he was my neighbor, it would piss me off. <laughs> the best, best fun fact about that, that, that like juxtaposes reality with that world is, this was on the IMDb site, that his house in reality is apparently a half mile down the street from the diner where Sarah Connor works in Terminator. Uh-huh. Talking about blending of worlds. <laughs> So, so you're saying this potentially happens in the same universe? It's yes. the extended I'm universe. Terminator and Pee Wee exist in the same reality. No one's ever said uh, that before, I think. So when Pee Wee's like, I know you are, but what am I? That's a glitch because he's actually a, ter- a Terminator trying to be, I know you are, but what am I? Hasta la vista. Well, <laughs> so haiku time, just to, just to piggyback off of this Paul Rubin's character thing. <clears throat> Complex character, sophisticated man-child, but does Pee-wee fuck? I, I, I don't think so. He cock-blocks Dottie so hard at every, every chance she comes after him. I feel like she's slowing, she's kind of in Pee-wee's way a lot of time. You know, he's trying to do his thing, and she's always up in his business slowing him down. That's why he cock-blocks her. You know right. how Solo has brought up the theme of horny white people? Yeah. <laughs> this movie is so full of them it's amazing and they're all fucking thirsty for peewee they're all thirsty for pe- everyone <laughs> even the, the convict Here, here's the, my favorite thing that i started to notice no when what's his he, name wait what was his name mickey when peewee mickey. yeah when they get pulled over <laughs> and <laughs> peewee is dressed as a woman you there's a moment where Mickey leans over to him as the cop is doing his pervy, like, I just want to see that nice dress. You know, <laughs> get out the call, ma'am. You're like, why would you get out of the car? And then, and then Mickey, it's before that, like, has this look, and he looks him up and down just like, <laughs> yeah, I've been in jail a long time. <laughs> but this I'm is long- also after they get, they, they change their clothes within the three seconds of noticing the roadblock and pulling up yeah. to the roadblock. Well, the go- the cop the cop is like like imagine if a cop pulled you over and made your wife get out of the car and then had her like do a spin and be like mm, looks good you can go now. <laughs> well, it depends. It so is that my weird. actual wife or is that a convict that I'm trying to smuggle through said roadblock? Right. Or <laughs> but the point is, movie. the cop the cop didn't know that. The cop sure. thought it was just this guy's wife. I really wanted Mickey to actually be Jimmy Smith's, even though it didn't really work with like yeah. the, how old he actually is. Yeah. I, I spent a good amount of that the scene with Mickey being like, I can talk myself into that being Jimmy Smith's. <laughs> I thought up. the same thing. Oh my God. I was like, but he's too bald. He's a little too bald, but he looks yeah, like and he's, he's too totally- old. He's not oh, handsome man. enough. He's so good. And his <laughs> crime is so funny. He's like, that little tag on the mattress. <laughs> <laughs> I cut it all. <laughs> Every line, they waste no, no it's time funny. in the script. It's so funny. Right. Pee-wee is being funny that whole scene too. Like Mickey's really funny with that story. And then Pee-wee like acting, trying to act like he's prison tough well, that entire scene. I lost my temper and I took a knife and I... Uh... You know those little do not remove under the penalty of law labels they put on mattresses? Yeah. Well, I cut one of them off. Gee. Yeah, I got a real bad temper. Boy, I always thought that was the dumbest law. You said a mouthful. Life can be so unfair. You telling me? It's also really funny too. He's oh, like, yeah. yeah. Don't you hate cops? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I want to talk real com- comedically. The scene where he be- in the beginning of the movie, the bike gets stolen and he goes after Francis. Oh my god! The scene with the boats and all of that. <laughs> comedically, I was like, I was laughing. In the, I was in like, the, in the bathtub pool. Yeah, in the yeah, bathtub yeah. pool, and the just greatest the room of, of all time. And this is what got me thinking at first when I was watching the movie before I realized it was Tim Burton. I was like, once again, I'm going back to this, like, maybe it's just my brain after seeing the, the Buster Keaton documentary and now I'm seeing it in movies so much more. But there's so many 
physical comedy, like two real things. I thought the movie in a strange way was also like a sketch for sketch sort of thing. Like, but that didn't bother me, but I was like, there are certain parts where we start over, but we're kind of just, you, you, you lean into it and you're like, we're in a new place. And that's hilarious. Kind of like into the biker thing, into everything. But the, I, I thought the pool scene was hilarious and the timing of them falling into the pool and how much he attacked him, by the way. When <laughs> I was five and I saw this movie, I wanted that as my bathtub. Oh, and chips. Oh, it was like... Still do. I, oh, I played with folks <laughs> in the bathtub just like that, like for years. Until and we saw that. Old. That was the Merchantville movie for the younger kids when we didn't have... One, when I was waiting to do the talent show when I was five. We had to watch that. And I remember vividly because the large Marge scene scared the shit out of me when I was a yeah. kid. That was the only part that really scared the shit out of me when yeah. he was like, and she looked like this. Burning it looked like this. <laughs> I, was, I was so traumatized by that movie. I hadn't seen this movie in over 20 years. It's been maybe since I was like an early teenager the last time I saw this movie. And... Uh, I, so, of course, I watched it with the whole family, and I, I was really hyping it up to Margot, who, who, again, is four, and being like, there's a scary part. When there's a truck, there's a scary part. And I figured that would give her, like, a warning. But she instead, she spent the whole movie going, is this a scary part? Is this a scary part? Is this a scary part? I felt bad. But that's how long the trauma was for me from that, that I wanted to, like, warn my child and be like, it gets weird. <laughs> I, I had a note. I had a note about that. As one of my few, one of my few notes was, "Is Large Marge still scary?" And my the definitive answer to that is no. Twelve year old me was a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nine year old Emma was not scared, so you're probably right. There you go. You you were a pussy. Uh, I was. Dave, um, Dave, 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 you skipped my, fa- my the part that made me laugh the hardest in the whole movie is right before what you talked about when he hunts down Francis is after he figured out the bike is gone. And there's that whole montage where every kind of bicycle that could ever exist, like rides past him <laughs> and they just pile it on to the point where like, uh, like an old tiny bicycle with a giant tire goes by and then like a family of like four people. <laughs> no, I agree with you. And I thought that's, that was what was so interesting to me when I rewatched the movie that it was like, you know, kind of like how you were going on about, I can't remember which movie it was we watched, but you were like, no, this was like really like somebody who knew how to make a movie. And I thought there was so much homage that I don't know if it's from the writing or the collaboration with Tim Burton. I thought the scene when he's walking down the street after his bike, before he gets to the the psychic and he's got the, um, he's just holding his shirt and he's cold. And I'm sure it's from the bicycle now, I'm sure. But when they're like, you're not from this neighborhood. And he's like, <sighs> I was like, what? This is so crazy. Oh, Tim Burton is in that scene. He's one of those guys. Yeah, he's, he's is it one Tim of, Burton yeah, or Danny Elfman? By the way, but he what you're saying, <laughs> Dave, what you're saying is totally right. Like these guys are like obviously steeped in comedy. You know, it's written by Phil Hartman and Pee Herman, uh, Paul Rubens. You know, Phil Hartman co-wrote it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I read this awesome fact? This this stuck out to me. Is that Paul Rubin said that he, Phil Hartman, and third guy, who I'm assuming movie guys would know, but I don't, Michael Varhol, had never written a screenplay prior to this film. Great porn actor. Just a book by Sid Field on how to write screenplays and did exactly what the book said. And as a result, (laughs) this movie is sometimes used in screenwriting classes because it fits the screenwriting paradigm perfectly. The film is 90 minutes long. The script is 90 pages. The first act ends at page 30. 30 minute mark, the second act at page 60, 60 minute mark, etc. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I teach kids, uh, like, and I teach film and creative writing, and I hammer this point home all the time. I'm like, the formula is there because it works. Like, at least, at least start there. If you go off from it, go from there, but well, start there. The shit works. Because to your point, though, this is like one of those classic comedies where you have a main comedian, he traverses through a world that they create, and then you have other comedians meeting with him. They get to do their bits in each of the scenes, and it's like pulled off so well. It's like a classic 60s or 50s comedy. You know, it's it makes like, the episodic structure that Dave was talking about have a, kind of a, a familiar form around it. Mm-hmm. to like tie your thoughts together it makes it it makes it move even though it's like dave said it's like kind of like a bunch of random scenes 
but they're all pulled together by this bike, yeah, which ultimately like the, is whatever. The, 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 the tour guide lady at the Alamo that's bragging oh about about that, Jan Hux. that was entirely improv. Oh my god, she is incredible. I wrote like half of her lines down because I was just hysterically laughing. Favorite parts of the tour. (laughs) Please say hello to our residents, Pedro and his wife, Inez. Inez is holding a clay pot that she seems very proud of. She has carefully detailed it with lots of paint and glaze. And Pedro is working on an adobe. Can you say that with me? Adobe. Adobe. We are now in the kitchen of the Alamo women. Here they are preparing many culinary delights of the Southwest. Do I hear someone's stomach growling? (laughs) (laughs) The mainstay of the Alamo diet is corn. Corn can be prepared many ways. It can be boiled, shucked, creamed, or in this case, dried. Corn can also be used to make tortillas. Do we have any Mexican-Americans with us today? What Buenos Dias. Buenos Dias. Yes, there are thousands and thousands of uses for corn, all of which I will tell you about right now. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say SNL reunion right there because I saw Phil Hartman and then I saw Jan Hooks and I was like, no, she was hilarious. I want to just add on to Josh's point um, from years of, of teaching dance and doing that. Uh, that's very similar, like what you teach. It's, it, the technique is nearly the tool, but you start right. there. Then once you yeah. have some mastery of your storytelling or your technique, then you can start to explore, which is what I do with like older dancers. But I think this was very, yeah, I don't know. I was very surprised by this movie. And you know what I thought? One of our favorite scenes, the motorcycle tequila club, which Mr. Bonacorso <laughs> yes. used to play for us when we were little children at Merchantville. I know out. Solo wasn't Mr. there, but you were there in spirit. Mr. Bonacorso, our music teacher. Yeah, which everybody had a class with him in our little K through eight. Um, which go ahead. Sounds hellish, honestly. Like so wait, <laughs> now that I've I've worked in schools. <laughs> they they worked tequila and the motorcycle gang scene from peewees into the curriculum of your elementary school. I just want to make sure I have this right. Don't every kid us. in the Don't elementary school, <laughs> every kid in the school loved that movie. So especially when we were in younger grades, I'd say like up until probably second or third grade ish somewhere in there, either at some point in the class to like get us all really going, talking or, or getting us to listen, he would play tequila and every kid got up and all you hear is da na 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 and every kid tequila. Do the dance. The world is different. So I want to say like this movie is so amazing in that it has a scene that Dave just described in the middle of it. And then a little bit later has honestly just like a beautiful piece of filmmaking when you first meet Simone and you see like before Simone talks to Pee Wee, you get the scene where she's just working in the diner and you know everything you need to know ever about the history of that that character before she opens her mouth. Like the actress and, and like the framing of that scene, it's, it's like genius level filmmaking. You're before she does anything, you're like, this is a small town waitress who has dreams of believing and is probably in love with some foreign country like England or France or whatever, or Spain. <laughs> and you know that before she opens her mouth. It's fucking incredible. It's it's masterful. Uh, and wants like to Tim fuck Pee Wee. She's thirsty. I don't know if she does. No, she's thirsty. I think uh, she just is attractive. Nobody's ever given it to her straight like that before. His Dave. infantile <laughs> innocence. He's, he's harmless, but like comforting. You know what I mean? Like he's... Yeah. I don't know. He's like automatic. Pee Wee is a walking friend zone for any woman. <laughs> I don't know. They look like Except they Dottie. want it, but no. You know what, Josh? Except everybody like, I'm everybody bust, has I'm a butt. PVD. <laughs> Everyone has a Dot, butt in life. Everyone's got a <laughs> no, but that, butt. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a Dave here. Wait, I got that? a Dave. I got a Dave connection. Is <laughs> is is Biggie Shorty from Pootie Tang influenced by Dottie? Oh my Ooh. god! I just watched Pootie Tang last night. Oh, <laughs> so amazing! Uh, I would say it's similar. It's yeah. like a, it's like a similar vibe, where you have this sort of she, mystical. The, but Pootie Tang, they get married at the end, <laughs> <laughs> and she's remember at the end, she's like, 
Wait, does Pretty Tan get married twice in that movie? Because he no, also no, marries he, the farm girl. He almost gets married to the farm girl, and then oh, that's he right. Goes, then then he, um, what's his name? JB Dirty, yeah, old Dirty. And then he goes JB. and saves, JB marries the farm girl. He goes and saves the day, and then the press comes up to him, and he's like hugging Biggie Shorty, and then they're like. <laughs> Pooty pooty. And then she's like, I got something to say. Like, we're getting married. And he goes, Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Pooty Tang. So that's different. Movie. I, I don't I think, think Pee Wee ever gets married. <laughs> Pee Wee and Pooty Tang, although you might argue that the artistic intent is different, considering everybody involved in Pooty Tang has disowned it for some reason. Um, I think they're on the same level in terms of just like any angle that can be mined for a joke is, but it's not done recklessly. It's done by people who like really know jokes and like understand like where it's not just that they're throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks. They're just finding so many spots on the wall that that are hilarious and and bringing them all out. It's great. On the wall of shit that has stuck, like right, in an exactly. effective pattern. <laughs> it's beautifully mosaic shit. It's the next morning of a frat party. That's how much has been thrown. It's like not, not only did they get it to stick, they got it all to stick, and it looks pretty good. <laughs> it, it looks like, like a face. It looks like a face. <laughs> there's some really good throwaway jokes in in both movies, so I can see the the similarity. Where there's like this, there's jokes that I didn't notice. Like uh, Pee Wee goes to what's his name's house to confront him about the bike. Francis. 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 <laughs> they wanted they wanted Corey Haim, but he wasn't available. He was doing Goonies. This guy oh, was for real. I love that. Then we went with like a full grown adult. Corey like, Feldman. When they're arguing. <laughs> yeah, Corey Haim. When, oh. yeah, but he was Corey he was a kid at that time. Corey Haim is not in Goonies. No, Corey Feldman's no, in Goonies. Sure. Well, well, they wanted a Corey. Whatever. They're in. Inter- I know what, <laughs> but they're not interchangeable. They're fight not interchangeable. They're not interchangeable. <laughs> I love that they're fighting when after they break up the fight um, between him and Francis, and the dad is standing there, and they're the all talking. Like, Kiwi, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I and I I wrote down, aren't they like thirty five? And they're yeah. having this like childish fight, which I love. I thought it was hilarious. Fra- Francis's Ooh. walk when he first goes to like to talk to Pee Wee about the bike is just incredible it's like oh yeah it's this kid it's the kid that you know when he shows up outside the game's gonna start sucking because he's gonna <laughs> fuck it up he's gonna <laughs> take all in yeah he's gonna take his ball back that's that kid or yeah. he's gonna be like he's gonna be like this game's fun but it'd be a lot more fun if we changed all the rules <laughs> yeah, fuck here he goes again <laughs> didn't you two do that <laughs> probably it probably was me we were kids <laughs> probably i didn't have a big belly God, Mike. When Pee Wee gets a to his belly. house, <laughs> when Pee Wee gets to his house, he talks to Odd Job, and he's like, "Which yeah, I he's like, was where's, awesome. Yeah, he's like, "Where's Francis?" And he says like something. He's like, "I want to see Francis." Francis is busy. Busy doing what? He's having his bath. Oh, really? Where are they hosing him down? He's like uh, cleaning up, and he's just like, Pee Wee goes, "Where are you hosing him down?" <laughs> <laughs> it's just such like a weird his bath. It's so good. His bath. And his reply is, Where are you hosing him down? But there's. Yeah, the Nixon portrait. <laughs> yes, I, that was, I caught that for the first time. The Nixon portrait when they walked into the house when he's going up the stairs. I was like, Oh my God. They're just, like Josh said, they're telling you everything you need to know about this family before. That's great. And you never know anything more about them either, by the, the way. The details are worth paying attention to when you watch Pee Wee. And I, yeah. I can't. Like to me, that's that's my one of my favorite pleasures of watching movies is when it's worth the effort putting into it. And Pee Wee like rewards you for diving into stuff like that. It's great. Do you so think good. that when we see iconic, uh, I want to say something about like iconic scenes, right? That you really remember. A lot of the ones that we've picked from the movies that we've done. Every time I go back to visit it, I'm like, oh, I thought that was longer in my head. That was so much longer. Like even all the way back to Kroll when he's getting the um the glaive what you call the glaive out of the yeah. the lava you thing call? you know what it is you know what it is <laughs> the glaive is the gla- but you know like that in my head was so much longer so the tequila dance thing which was huge to me as a kid i thought was longer and i'm watching it with emily and we're going he didn't do that much dancing and i always thought this was much longer but here's the payoff it's bad dancing it is too but here's the great payoff <laughs> The payoff and the jokes still land so well. He's friends with all the bikers. They come out and they go, we hope you like your bike. 
and he gets on the bike, <laughs> revs it up, <laughs> and the bike goes, vroom, 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 and then when he hits the sign, <laughs> and then it just falls. Like, and then they cut. Uh, that's just it. That's and it was it. And you see him fall on the other side, too. <laughs> it's just, it was that still was amazing. Still that's funny. Good. It was so good. That and the Tyrannosaurus I laughed out loud at this movie. Oh, yeah, I, I laughed out loud at this movie so much. How old do you guys think Large Marge was? I don't know. Old. Oh, 60. She's ageless because she's a ghost. 75. The character of Large Marge died when she was 35. Oh, boy. Oh, that's a shame. What? You know, you know that you know that <laughs> she was a rough thirty-five. Shit, <laughs> you know that ghost hanging out of the dog modeled after Tim Burton, right? <laughs> like uh, yeah. that face that's supposed to be Tim Burton's face. It's one of his. <laughs> oh, really? It was done that's on purpose awesome. again, according to the same website as the fat guy. Just you got it. Up. I also love, and I'm going to say this every time it comes up. This is the '80s, and there's always a punk rocker haircut in a movie somewhere. Which you have yep. in the meeting, and then Shout the other to Joel Schumacher, R.I.P. Was that him? No, but he always put that. That he was like the king of that. Oh, and then the other one and was. The th- I've been thinking about him. Okay, he passed away oh. the week. Yeah, he just. We, could, we, we should say he just passed away. Uh, uh, Lost Boys, which is I don't know for me, very high on my list. Uh, kind of. He did not support. work for Spielberg. Right. Did not work for Spielberg. We established all these. Sometimes we make up facts on this podcast and they're, you know, great facts, but maybe just like do a quick Google before you tell your friends. <laughs> yeah. You we're very passionate. People. People. We're, we're the Breebart of, um, we're the Breebart of movie reviews. Like all yeah. of the things I said yeah. about Randy Newman. I don't know if they're true. <laughs> I hope they're true. <laughs> they could be, they felt true though. That's like, that's what podcasting is all about. As to and I'm not really sure if, um, What's his face was based off of Scarface, the uh, which is uh, the baseball Hootie player. Tang? Oh no! Oh no! Serrano. <laughs> if Serrano was based off of, I just wanted to do it, and I wanted to be like, that's not Homer. Did you say hit, that? That does not feel true. I cannot <laughs> hit her ball, Wait, who's based on this cocaine? Serrano. Serrano. <laughs> from Major his accent changed so much in the right, movie. we're way off the base Sorry. Pee-wee said to Simone that he uh, that he had a dream where he was rolling a big donut <laughs> oh no yes, that was that's, funny oh my God. that was very funny <laughs> yes no, okay, and so what he's saying he's, I'm rolling a big donut and everyone's rolling a big donut <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and then I'm wearing a sweater there's an important distinction that I noticed in his conversation with Simone it's the the lines that he says to her when they are in the same shot are ridiculous and like almost like jovial, but it's the, the lines that you hear when you're seeing it through the lens of whatever Andy, like her mammoth side boyfriend are, if you take them out of context, sound obviously highly sexual. I know you're right, but, but what? Everyone I know has a big butt. That was the nobody's ever given it to me this straight. Yeah, nobody's ever given it to me this straight. Everybody I know has got a big butt. What about your big butt? (laughs) Like, yeah, exactly. But that's a classic. That is classic, (laughs) classic comedy. I have seen that sketch done. If you watch it in like chronological order, you're like, what's the big deal? They're just having a conversation. But if you break it down by perspective, like it's. You don't want to know where there's an inspiration to that sort of scene. Watch, I mean, I would say Austin Powers took that over and just did like, we're just going to go crazy with it when they would do all the, forget the perspective, the shadow, all the shadow stuff they would do that looked like they were having sex. You know, it's that old, it's an old ploy. I mean, it's, it's been done, but I thought it was hilarious. But that's interesting though. Cause like you take a lot of characters in comic films and it's a lot of them are not like Pee Wee. Like you take Austin Powers, that's like a spoof of something. Like Pee Wee's, like Paul Rubin's references for Pee Wee Herman are so strange, and they come from all over the place, and they're so obscure that. What were they? Do you know this? Did so anyone research? Yeah. This? So, so he developed the character uh, uh, in the Groundlings it, during improv, which is like a group where he met Phil Hartman and a lot of you know, like Melissa McCarthy's from the Groundlings and Kristen Will Ferrell. Yeah, so he uh, developed this character of a, a stand-up comic who couldn't remember his punchlines, and that's how he developed that like <laughs> that, that laugh, the Pee Wee laugh. <laughs> um, so then, as he kept like 
progressing with the character, he combined it with this guy named Pinky Lee, who was like a child entertainer from uh, like Soupy Sales or something from the uh, from the fifties. I can find a clip of, of uh, Pinky Lee, but it's like similar kind of jokes where he's this goofy guy and they put him in like all the sketches are they put him in regular situations where he goes to the store, or the, you know, talk to a fireman. And uh, so he developed this and then he auditioned for Saturday Night Live in the 80s at some point and didn't get in, but got a stage show of just doing this character. And the stage show be- was like wildly successful. And that's how the movie got made. But what, what I was saying about his character is it's like, it's so unique and weird. It's like nothing. It's not a parody of anything. It's like completely its own thing, its own design. And all the comedy comes out of who Pee Wee is and the weirdness of like putting and, and his character. views him. Like the yeah. world just automatically loves Pee Wee, which is the greatest thing about this character. And that's like, Tim thirsty. Burton. Tim Burton is, Tim Burton's like uh, fingerprints are all over I think what makes it really special, because like all the stuff you said, Mike, is great and it works to a certain point for Pee Wee. But what makes it work as a movie is because of Tim Burton. Tim Burton coming like Tim Burton almost has a similar background to Pee Wee Herman in that he's overtly influenced by weird, obscure, like Americana things. And so is Pee Wee. And but they're very different in their individual choices of influence. And then that combination is what gives this movie this like um, quality of like combining, like, it's almost like a, like a wormhole between different eras of like weird pop culture references and stuff. Uh, but without being referential, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just. Uh, well, it's familiar here, but- and obviously referring to something, you know, at each scene, it's like obviously referring to something, but it's like so broad in, in that way that like good comedy is that like survives the the ages. It's like everybody knows what an escaped convict is. Everybody knows what a lonely waitress in the middle of nowhere is like, or or everybody knows what a you know a bratty rich kid is. And it's not like well, it's not it, like yeah. And nobody looks like a movie star in this movie. I really appreciate that. Everybody mm-hmm. looks like a person you could see except, anywhere. Except for like you don't see that anymore. The super meta ending where like they make the movie. <laughs> right. Well, they're literally in Hollywood. Oh my God. But I that to me just pulled it all together with It's like Blazing it Saddles. Blazing Saddles did the, the same thing. On the present of what you just described, Sprague, with having this like crazy self-aware yet connected like tale that like defies time like throughout popular culture. And then on mm-hmm. top of it, he like lampoons himself with that, like the movie that they're making about himself. And then in the credits, Pee Wee Herman is played by himself. Like he's not even yeah. Paul Rubens in the credits, which is yeah. like, it's like, it's like breaking the fourth wall while being meta at the same time and exploding my head on the couch. And it all and makes sense. Can go into bed. Yeah, it's crazy. It works. I, yeah. I read way too far into that about like what they did. I love the little visual joke. And when they're at the Alamo, when um, he's like, excuse me, when are we going to go to the basement? And she's like, there's no basement at the Alamo. And everybody starts laughing at him and he's like singled up. It's almost like, like <laughs> you would think of like a Wes Anderson shot nowadays where it's like very well framed and he's right in the middle. And as they're all laughing at him, one kid just turns and takes like a flash picture of him. <laughs> yeah, I think there are two references comedically to that shot. I want to say Benny Hill and I want to say Monty Python that both did shots like that where they're very far away and they're running up to the camera and it has that weird moment. But it's always kind of like in my head, that's where I would have seen those shots from. And I think it's, I love it. But it, per- it and also, you know what they did it in? They did it in Hard Day's Night too. You know, what shot are you talking about? What scene are you talking about? Uh, right after that. So they make fun of him and then he runs out mm-hmm. of the Alamo and he's, and the uh, cameras, yeah. they're just super wide shot and he's running right. right up to the camera. And it's this kind of like, he freaks out, but like, we've seen that shot, like, you know, before where, you know, the fat four run up to the camera or one right. guy, you know, yeah, and, yeah. but I, I think that's, and, it, and once again, another homage to, those, and, you know, and it's interesting that it's Tim Burton's kind of 
I don't know. So was it his first big feature or had he had a big first feature season. prior to that? Yes. Yeah. First big feature. Yes. That's first, what I thought. Yeah. Because I think you see much like what even Sprague was saying when you teach kids or when you, you know, in, in his first big feature, which I think is great. You do see them using all the references in a way that he knows until you get to something like, then you get to Beetlejuice and then you're getting to Edward Scissorhands and you're getting to everything next where he, you see him confident in the craft that he's doing. So it's actually kind of a very special movie to watch, to see Tim Burton's, you know, evolution of how he makes, you know, how he makes movies. And also Danny Elfman's music. The music oh, Danny, was the amazing. Music. The Andy chases him into the bull riding competition. Yeah. Oh my God. Then, yes. But he then masters the bull like, like a, like just a freaking ninja, like a bull riding ninja. Takes the bull down. And then, but he gets kicked off and then they run up to him and he's like, Hey, are you all right? What, what do you, what's the last thing you remember? And after like a great, perfect comedic pause, he's like, oh, yes, I remember. Hey, kid, what's your name? I can't remember. Where are you from? I can't remember. Can't you remember anything? I remember the Alamo. I remember the Alamo. (laughs) (laughs) They just like go nuts. Everybody in that fucking scene is wearing a red shirt. One thing about that scene I I wondered was like, you know how the bull chases... And Andy, because Andy. He, because his shirt is red. I was thinking, like, I knew that that bulls chased the color red because of watching cartoons growing up. And I'm wondering, <laughs> do kids know that now about bulls? Absolutely. Oh, if you watch cartoons, that I and I still I watch Cartoon Network for years, and I'm sure you guys having children, you know, uh, are watching cartoons as well. All those references get thrown in there, man. You know, one way or another. You might have more sophisticated cartoons like hentai? for hentai? adults, but hentai? I think what do you, you mean by sophisticated? Like, what's yeah, exactly. not sophisticated. They're for adults, meaning like uh, Rick and, <laughs> Rick and like Morty. Cartoons? Are you yeah. talking like poor No, not, no like, not like be like the cat. <laughs> no. it is. Yes, That's like literally what hentai is. If you're asking is, me if I watch poor cartoons, <laughs> kind of. But if, what are you asking exactly? <laughs> oh, I'm into it. It's fine. We so can go Pee-wee to hentai. So Pee-wee is a children's movie. It's, it's, I, it's a slippery slope, kids. I don't especially know. with tentacles. Stop. Oh my God. <laughs> How did we get here? I don't think I, I don't know everything. Just yeah. anime seems like hentai to me. No, no, look at, we've been watching Bob's Burgers, like all the references in Bob's Burgers is for our generation, I know, period. it's amazing. Oh, it's oh, like a grown-up cartoon. Right. Not like, not like make uh, PJ Masks, like more sophisticated. Do you think Akira, do you think Akira is a sophisticated cartoon? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's really I, I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I mean, it's amazing. I think it's my fault, but that movie makes no sense to me, but I've seen it four forms. times. So mm-hmm. anyway, I give it, I really... Well, Really gave that one a chance. <laughs> I know there's a motorcycle yeah. in it. So over here you have you have wait you guys have a, you guys are missing the woman with the clay pot. <laughs> uh, obviously very proud of it. <laughs> oh god, I was I I was trying to remember my point now, but there's I'll bring this full circle. But like uh, the way like classic cartoons are such reference points uh, goes back to what I was saying about like timeless comedy that there's just these like broad reference points that are so in this movie that we would have known growing up too from watching like you know Warner Brothers cartoons and I think they're, they're like my kid watches just to bridge it like my nine-year-old watches um Animaniacs and so does my four-year-old and they love it and I loved it when I was a kid uh I don't know remember how old I was when it came out but I'm like closer to a teenager but probably not a teenager and I loved it and it's still funny now. And like, I still don't even get all the references. There's some references in Animaniacs that I'm like, I don't know what fucking obscure 1940s musical you're referencing right there. But I get that you're making a reference to something, you know, and it works. Not that big of a bridge. I mean, my <laughs> almost five-year-old likes Powerpuff Girls, like which takes it back to the 90s, which actually, you know, again, voiced by Dottie. But it's... Boom. 
Kevin Bacon. It was too there hard. is an episode of Powerpuff Girls, though, where they do the Big Lebowski as the episode. <laughs> really? really? It's I incredible. Have to see that. Yeah, that and they make all these Big Lebowski references. <laughs> I love that. I got to see. That. That's what's so awesome about Pee Wee is like, that's why you liked him as a kid, and that's why the movie's still good because. Like you're in on the joke with him. Like everybody he's interacting with is like silly and you're in on the joke with him. Like all that like weird stuff that he says that you would say as a kid, I know you are, but what am I? You know? Like Sprague, remember how you said that Bridge to Bart Simpson house and if you thought your first thought was if I was his neighbor, I'd be pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So like but I remember seeing the scene that you're talking about where he walks out of his front door and he turns to his neighbor. He's like, I'm going to water my lawn. And the guy's like, oh, peewee. And he like closes his windows before he gets just sprayed. My first uh-huh. thought, I'm like, oh, God, that's <laughs> awful. That's, that's like a single pane wood window. That's just going to destroy that thing. That guy should hate that. <laughs> like... <laughs> So yeah. here's a review of the movie from my friend Cliff. Um, he is, uh, he's younger than us. He's like, I think he's 30. Yeah. Uh, he um, has an awesome podcast called The Animated Gamers. And so he gives a little plug and then talks about the movie. Hey, peeps, this is Cliff the Shadowcaster from The Animated Gamers podcast. And I'm here to give you my thoughts on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. But before we get into that, I want to tell you a little bit about our podcast. The podcast is hosted by me and two good friends, Ronnie G and Foxhale, and we give our thoughts and opinions on all things pop culture, with an emphasis on video games and anime. In addition to news updates, we discuss the complexities of the Dragon Ball franchise, break down fandom and toxicity in the community, and discuss versus matches. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at animated.gamers and Twitter at gamers underscore animated, where you'll be able to find all of our Twitch information. But for now, on to the review. This is my first exposure to this character, and this movie relies heavily on you knowing who this character is and being familiar with his antics and the absurd nature of the universe surrounding Pee Wee. Watching this movie would be the equivalent of me sitting you down in front of the newest Dragon Ball Super movie or showing my mom the Avengers Infinity War film for the first time. It doesn't make it a bad movie, but it makes it very hard for a casual viewer to really enjoy and get the most out of this film. The movie does its job in telling a story from start to finish, even though a lot of shenanigans ensue, there's some charm in seeing uh, how this character interacts with the people around him, giving his quirky personality. Some highlights of the film will be his neighbor and enemy Francis. I wish there was a larger role for him, but I'm guessing he is a prominent figure in the TV series. There's a traffic stop incident with Mickey, which I think was pretty funny. Um, the small little dynamic he had with Simone and her husband and her eventually you know becoming more independent and doing what she wants to do I think that was a great little story thread and then the dance uh, to tequila which is pretty funny I've seen myself doing that dance I'm not sure if he's the originator but I've seen that before and have done that dance plenty of times this movie takes a left turn and gets really absurd at times and I think Tim Burton does a great job in showing just how surreal this world is speaking of which when Pee Wee realizes his bike is stolen Every bike within a five mile radius seems to ride down this one block and around him, almost taunting him from tricycles, to unicycles and those big wheel cycles. And there was also a family of cyclists going by. I don't know what those long cycles are called, but there's that. Although his journey took him across the country, I feel as though Pee Wee didn't really evolve as a character or learn anything. This music tapped into nostalgia and really put me into the world and gave me a sense of Pee Wee's innocent look on life. In short, if you're a fan of this series and somehow miss out on this movie or looking for a quick laugh, I would recommend watching this. For newer fans, I would say check out the series on Netflix first or some clips on YouTube or just find another movie. We drop new episodes each Monday and we all stream throughout the course of the week. So make sure you're following us on Twitch. Also, follow us on Instagram and Twitter for updates and giveaways. Most recently, we gave away a copy of Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath for the PS4. And in the past, we've given out a Nintendo Switch Lite. Thanks a lot for having us. Hope to see you online. Back to you guys. Cool. All right. I want a Nintendo Cliff. Switch. Way to go, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. Nice, Cliff. Good, good review. Yeah. 
He's way more polished than we will ever be. Oh my god! Yeah, why like do I feel like every guest we have on this like, podcast sounds better and is just so much more like? Perf- that's like our gimmick. They Everybody we bring on is better than us. They yeah. did a prepared a prepared recording. It's different. Uh, you can just practice it and threw it in there. Guests that make us look stupid. Anymore. I could not do a prepared <laughs> recording. That's the problem. We shoot from the hip, man. We should, you know. I, yeah, I'm Han Solo, man. I just fire under the table. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm zigging and zagging, kids. Watch yeah. me. It's like jazz. I'm, uh, can I? <laughs> can I now that I'm ta- now that I'm thinking about Han Solo, just because you know, guys, you guys know that I love talking about like character details. The one that I always get really excited by in Star Wars is in the Greedo scene when when Greedo's talking and Han is starting to unbuckle his gun. He uh, Han like starts playing with the wall with his left hand to take Greedo's attention away. Did you guys ever notice that before? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love it. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Masterful. And you know he was probably drunk when they filmed it. Oh, you kidding me? My namesake. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I just, I, know, I just I really appreciate that kind of stuff. I know everything that happens there. Should we get Anshot into first. our uh, final final says of whether it sucks? Oh, I had just had one more thing to add with um, my weird connection things. Um, Whoa! What are you doing? Hold on! Before you speak, are you in the like, fridge? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're in the fridge. Are we Are talking you to you in the, the fridge, fridge right now? The camera, oh, everything is. It's oh, a no. door. <laughs> okay. Go um, now, no, it's just my back door. Sorry. All right. Um, <laughs> was Bart Simpson? <laughs> was Your Bart back Simpson? Door sounds like a back door. <laughs> oh well, we've been watching too much hentai on this podcast, haven't we? <laughs> All right. So when I came through your window, um, but what (laughs) spit take. Um, So Bart Simpson, I felt might be a little inspired by Pee Wee. Okay. Because when they're saying, no, I'm not, what do you, you know, my name, a lot of that stuff, especially in the beginning of the Simpsons, when Bart like don't have a cow, uh, all that stuff. I'm like, huh. It made me think of that because the voice just reminded me of that. Also, Milton Berle's in this movie. I wanted more of Milty. Uh, um, I know. It would have been funny. Anyway, I, I want to just give my little se- segment of alternate titles. Uh, everyone wants to fuck Pee Wee. It could have been good. <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Cock. Thirsty for pee. Oh, Jesus. No. <laughs> no, I don't like Pee Wee does everyone. Here, uh, last one. This is like I don't know. I don't uh-huh. I can't define pornography, but I can I can identify it. Uh-huh. You're like <laughs> all of your <laughs> So So that was you're you're in the writer's room and like so, a producer breaks in, he's like, I need a I need a Pee Wee Herman sex. Fan. I need a Pee Wee. <laughs> I need yeah, a Pee Wee Herman <laughs> spoof porn titles now. Give me time. We sent it. we sent her to you last night. Not what I do in bed. I need one now. <laughs> we need the guy from Thirty Rock who always wore the hats to come do on the episode. And be like, uh, did we, we'll just we'll just bring him on for like. All right, we need ten porn titles for Lost Boys. Go. Uh, and yeah, like, <laughs> and Twisted Sisters in this movie. That song is yeah. so good. Yes, like the whole band. <laughs> Yeah, not just. Do Snyder. you think that oh. was like one of the ways they got the movie made? Like the you know because at the time it's eighty four they're making it MTV's gigantic <laughs> and they have to put something in it to connect it like another like product Pepsi, placement mostly thing. Pepsi. You yeah. think that this movie got made because of Twisted Sister? <laughs> I think yeah, they made a deal with whoever they whatever Google label that. they just were accept on it, that was everyone. making. Just accept yep. it. D Snyder, no evil. no evil. This guy's hilarious. Yeah. I want a movie. Tim Burton, make it happen. <laughs> you guys do this. I got to go testify in front of Congress. <laughs> Write this off my taxes. One night he's at a party and he's just like, hey, Paul, you should be this guy named Pee Wee. And you should go, ha, 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 You'll be famous. And they're like, thanks, D. <laughs> 80s. We're in the 80s, man. And we're a rock band. By the way, Madam Ruby also can do your income taxes. So I, I, Snyder probably got a nice tax. I read off. that on her side. The whole movie was a write-off. <laughs> Why is all the money always crumpled up except for Francis's money? But every time they show money, it's like they're all crumpled up like from his pockets. Oh. Like I don't know. What do you think? Pee-wee's definitely living on like so, like some kind of like disability 
money and yeah. he's like actually 50 and has been raking in cash. The fan theory is that he makes yeah. and sells Rube Goldberg devices. That's how he makes his money. Oh. Like his breakfast yeah. machine. That's his business. I love I'm a sucker for a Rube Goldberg. Rude, Rube. So Rube. wait, is Pee Wee also Rube. like a child in this? I think he's both he's both ten and fifty. Well, he owns his own house, or at least he rents it. And if he rents it, he has a very understanding landlord that allows him to make very specific customizations. <laughs> you know, it was a good market. He got in at the right time, right? So, I mean, he was, he made this invention of the, the breakfast machine. And he's sponsored by Mr. T. That He has an endorsement deal from Mr. T cereal. It's true. We need, yeah, there is, which <laughs> I remember immediately I had like a Pavlovian reaction to because I remember eating Mr. T's cereal and then barfing all over the place <laughs> when I was like seven. And no, so I like, as soon as it was on the screen, I was like, bleh, bleh. <laughs> I, have, I have a very favorable memory of Mr. T. I ate a lot of it. I ate like a whole box of it, oh, you know, well, when I was like six or seven. I was like, I'm just going to eat all this. This is the greatest thing I've ever had. And then like it was Mr. like, T. it was like, yeah. Like with beer too, it's the same thing. Did I ever tell you guys I did a shoot with Mr. T? He was the absolute nicest person I've ever met in my whole life. Like uh, Jesus, I never doubted. He's uh, awesome. We were shooting yeah, on the roof uh, of this building on ABC, and like not only on the way up did he stop to talk to every person, and they had to pull him away from talking to every person. Uh, he got on the roof. We're in the middle of this interview, and he sees some construction workers. And they go, they're like, T, 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 like shout from the beginning. And he goes, hold on. He's like, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Gotta stay positive, baby. Yeah, yeah. You gotta get caught in your life, baby. And he like shouts at them for a while. And then he goes like, all right. And he goes back to the interview. That's so cool. I love this guy. What do you refer to? Do you refer to him as Mr. T or is it? You just call him T. It's great. Awesome. It's also really hard to put a microphone on because he has so many gold chains, but he was so cool about it. <laughs> Can you clip it in his beard? Uh, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that to teeth. Oh, that's true. We didn't even talk about the this, the the whole sequence of the movie when um, they make a action adventure spy movie out of Pee Wee's life story. Starring James yes. Brolin. I want to see the whole movie. I want <laughs> to see the whole movie. Amazing. I would watch this whole movie Herman. again as the, that movie. Yeah. P.W. Herman. <laughs> Morgan Fairchild. In her jumpsuit. Morgan Fairchild. Is, it's, yeah. And it's incredible. She is the only <laughs> bang bang thing in this movie, by the way. Oh, wait. Oh, so, Dave, stop. who has, who uh, has the best? Uh, Dottie exists, and Dottie's cute. Morgan Fairchild. <laughs> yeah, but Elvira's in this. Morgan Fairchild wins best movie body for this movie. Well, Elvira's are, in are there Jesus abs in this movie? Elvira's she's, in this? Yeah, yeah guys. She's the motorcycle mama who like, you know, when when uh, you know, Pee Wee fucks up and they like bring him inside. What did she like, say? Oh, she's like the waitress who helps. Which is also oh, another yeah. funny joke. They're like, we're gonna like, what'd they say? They're, we're gonna kill you. I say we kill him. Yeah! I say we hang him, then we kill him. Yeah! I say we stop him! Yeah! Then we tattoo him! Yeah! Then we hang him! Yeah! And then we kill him! Yeah! I say we let him go! No! I say you let me have him first. <laughs> oh, that was totally <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, we're gonna kill you, and then we're gonna. Yeah. <laughs> and then she grabs him, and she goes, "Why don't you let me have him for five That's Elvira, <laughs> right? And they're all like, they're all like, "Ooh, yeah!" And so thirsty again. Everybody wants PWD. <laughs> That's there's the other alternate tile. <laughs> yeah, no, and I want to say James Brolin gets the best, probably man sweater hair vest even though we didn't see it i'm sure it's there it's um, incredible. and he was up for james bond mm. didn't get it so they thought that this was like a funny way of him like poking fun at himself by God, the way what an awful consolation prize <laughs> <laughs> he would he would have been a great bond i probably would have liked him more than roger moore or whoever it was during whoa that oh that had to be right yeah, before yeah. timothy dalton <laughs> Right, I, I have a soft spot for Timothy Dalton. Um, 
I'm going to Mike. You got to ask me the question. I need I need the pitch okay. before I can hit it. Right. Josh, does this movie <laughs> suck? No. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make this real quick. This movie is fucking flawless. I loved every second of it. I thought it wasted nothing. There's not an ounce of fat on it. I thought like every joke landed. It's perfect. There's nothing like it. It's brilliant. I loved it. Done. Does not suck. Bam. Bam. Who's next? Josh Solo? I will. I will. I will. Now? (laughs) Does it suck? Enthusiasm. No, this to me was the anti-Beastmaster. This is a movie I, I remember. I remember not really liking that much as a kid. Me too. And then I Me watched too. it now and I was like, oh my God, this movie is comedy genius. This movie is comedy textbook genius. And I loved it and it restored my faith in many things and bright rainbows <laughs> soared across <laughs> my sky. And I love this movie. And it's oh my so God, not only does it not suck now, it is better in 2020 than it was in 1985. I agree. I'm on the exact same page. <laughs> this movie is fucking five stars. Five stars out of yeah. two. You know, Unicorn, it's like a unicorn coming. It's just amazing. <laughs> it's a, it's, this, is, this is a unicorn taking a shit on your car. Rainbow. Yeah, yeah, it is. Amazing. <laughs> That's why That's I going on the this box movie, art. actually, guys, because I thought we needed a movie that was going to like pump the life back into us. You know what I mean? <laughs> Aliens would have done that. Wow. Yeah. You're really like taking, you're really this, going deep. With, uh, yes. It yeah, I mean, I was doing okay, pumped. Mike. I was, I was doing all right. It does make I feel, I feel I, I like something got pumped in me well, when Dave, I watched this movie. Well, well this is, I feel like <laughs> Dave. And all I'll, right. I'll show you. I, you go. Dave, tell me, you, what did you think? <laughs> Dust Beers. Gotcha. Uh, I would definitely Uh say no it does not suck now I I loved it and you know what I really want to say we've watched a couple of movies where I feel like the soundtrack and the music are just too over the top and actually are not don't equal the movie and I want to say for this that's one of those like things like the music is amazing everything's amazing I loved all the fantasy parts especially I think as a kid that still held up the the Tyrannosaurus Rex that eats the bike, the clowns, you know, all of that is mm-hmm. amazing. And all that stuff, like I noticed all that stuff, you know, just comedically, like immediately how they were doing everything. And I, I think it still holds up. Absolutely. I think it's hilarious. And I think what that kid, uh, what Cliff said, that was interesting that if you don't have a reference he's for it, 30, he's a 30 year old man. No, no, no. But <laughs> you brought that up. Wait, wait, wait. But you brought that up. You brought that up when we were talking about Scream and like what was more iconic and who's more influenced. And it's interesting that nobody, that he had no reference point for that, still liked the movie. But I did think that that was interesting, you know, as we all get older, like, well, where's the reference point and does it still work for someone who's younger than you who knows nothing about it which sometimes is the awful yeah. part about older movies but no i do not think it's sucked now ah. done i agree with, i agree with all of you guys i agree with all of you guys it's a wonderful movie uh it's it is flawless uh what was interesting was yeah his comment was that you need to know about peewee before you see the movie but it's really weird but that was right. like our introduction to Pee Wee, so yeah, it's it's yeah, that was really. Clearly- I probably saw the show first. Yeah, and I bet you most people saw the show first. There's probably a certain I- age group that saw the movie first, but I bet you most people saw the show <laughs> before them. Right, I think you're in like a really small sweet spot. Like I, I probably was a little young to go see Pee Wee in the theater. I wouldn't have like got it, but I definitely would have seen his cartoon show like a year or two later, watching Saturday morning cartoons because I was a Saturday morning cartoon junkie. Like I, I needed some cartoons in my morning every day, like seven days a week. <laughs> and Pee Wee was on and having lots of cartoons. So Mike was in a sweet Mike was in a sweet spot to get pumped by this movie. Yeah, I did, I got pumped by this. <laughs> no, we all got pumped. We all got we pumped. All got man. pumped <laughs> but uh, I re- I remember uh, being a kid and watching Pee Wee's show, and and when the credits would come, I would be sad. Like I would just be sad that it was over, right? And and like th- yeah, watching this movie, I remember getting the same feeling, knowing that like the it's the spy spoof. I'm like the movie's almost over. I'm sa- this is so sad. I like want to spend 
<laughs> like so much time in that world because it's so strange and so unique. And it's like fun going back after like, you know, watching a lot of movies and having a lot of references, watching like, you know, two really well-known, like Tim Burton and, and Paul Rubens, like two really well-known personalities, like start and it being like just as good from the start as it is like, like his greatest movies, you know? And same with Pee-wee. You're like, he's just yeah. so funny. And it's so weird that you want to chalk it up to, that he's some kind of like child, like, like for kids. But it's like strangely just as funny for adults. And I think... I was cracking up. It reminds me of like... It reminds me of a band that has two like incredible talents at so- as songwriters. Right. That, it reminds me of that kind of like magic where you're like... Man, like a band would be lucky to have one of these people, and you got two of them, and who can yeah. write fucking incredible songs, and that's really cool. Point out though, real quick, that mm-hmm. the first movie that has united the four of us in opinion has been Pee Wee's Big Adventure. No, Big Trouble. Big Trouble, true. Definitely. Yes. Yeah, yes. there's Big Trouble right. on this one. What? It's been number one. <laughs> it was the like, first movie we did, and nothing stopped and also, it. And also, the amazing. Just fleeting reference when he's in the car with the convict, Richie, right? Early in the movie? Mickey. Mickey. And the bike is right there next to him. I know. 35 (laughs) minutes into the movie. You're like, almost epic. That's the almost epic. It's right there. That's what I was talking about. (laughs) It's the almost epic. That's textbook like storytelling. You have to have a moment early in the story where the story almost doesn't happen. And that's that moment. That's what that. That's what that moment is. Like if Pee Wee just turns around and he sees it, he's like, "Follow that car, the next There's gas no story. station, no he gets Alamo, his bike back, no and nothing. the story's over." Right? No, no quote. Alamo. Exactly. No, just right. yeah. No James Brolin. <laughs> no James Brolin. No movie. No Dottie. Dottie gets Pee Wee though because she gets him to the drive-in, and from the first scene where the Pee Wee would not have been fulfilled. All- he needed an adventure before he could Dottie, settle down. Pee Wee says, Dottie, what do you want? And Dottie's like, I want to go to the drive-in with you. And that's all Dottie wants. And then Dottie gets yeah. that at the end of the movie. It's beautiful. Well, think, think about what a she good guy Pee Wee is. Pee Wee <laughs> goes up, Pee Wee's like, hey, he's got this whole party at the drive-in, right? And he, and he runs to go to the bathroom or something. And he comes back, and what does he bring with him? He's got snacks for fucking everybody. Yeah. He's got everything what they want. He's like, bikers, you want popcorn. He's like, you guys want like uh, all my hobo friends. You guys want some soda <laughs> to put your I mixed drinks the in. Um, the, ho- the whole hobo sequence where like he jumps off the train rather than hear Pee Wee sing anymore <laughs> is fucking hysterical. Can we wrap this up at 1.30 before this before the session ends? Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think... Uh, we'll just do loose personal rankings, I guess. Is I, I don't even know if we want to. Bam! Watch. Yeah. All right. Number one. one, for number me. one. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say this is number tied, one. It is tied with Big Trouble <laughs> for number one right now for me. Fair. Number Fair. two. I could switch Big Trouble. I could switch it with Big Trouble back and forth either way. And I'm and I'm putting Lost Boys in there. And I bet Mike agrees that like yeah. they're all just really special movies. There's something like yeah. really unique and wonderful about all three of those movies, and I love them all. I think Mannequin's my new number one. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Every Every fucking time. time. (laughs) You. (laughs) No, number, I would put Pee Wee at number two. Dave, you added hentai into your, like, your gags now. So that's going to become like a. (laughs) Jack Fizzle. Jack Jack Fizzle Fizzle and the Slippery Slope. slope. (laughs) He's a consultant for hentai films. He's like, that's not how it's done. Jack Fizzle was around John Holmes and he knows. Jack Fizzle the fluffer almost got put out of business by hentai. Live it on the consultant, for, hentai. consultant yeah. for hentai films is an incredible joke, Dave. I just yeah, want to say, I'm going to be laughing. <laughs> That's a really good joke. Hentai almost put Jack Fizzle under, man. The tentacles not imagine bumping you right. Imagine you, under, <laughs> imagine you meet somebody. under, man. Imagine if you just goes, shook somebody. Watch. See? not right wait let me paint let me paint a <laughs> scenario for you time. Right. stop with the dick jokes thank you for listening all right class settle down everyone sit down and shut up 
I'm putting on a movie. Don't you miss the days when your teacher was so hungover, they just threw out the lesson plan and put on a movie? Well, that's every day here at Video High. Our curriculum caters to those who love the least loved films in cinematic history. The idea that this movie has a coherent A plot, let alone a B or C plot, this movie's too stupid. And then they do, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> they wrote this. Good job, guys. Join Casey Regan, Greg Hansen, Josh Roth, and myself, Jamie Kennedy, as we plumb the depths of video not-so-classics. This movie is sort of like a boner. It, like, is embarrassing to those who make it and offensive to those who see it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whether we think it rules or is actually total junk, hijinks will ensue regardless. Who else's favorite character was the bartender pirate? The set was good. That was like a side character who had a lot of fun business. The fart joke was motivated. (laughs) Video High is your B-movie education. And ours. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We can't wait to talk movies with you. The movie is rated PG-13. But I do not know who over the age of 13 (laughs) this is aimed at. Great question. I mean, we're coming to find out. Me. I think it's (laughs) it's us. Welcome to Video High. Video High. You're at a Christmas party. Wait, hold on. You're at a Christmas party. Oh. So here's the joke. You're at a Christmas party and you just shook hands with somebody you were just introduced to. And then when you ask him what he does for a living, he says, I'm a consultant for hentai. (laughs) What do you do? It's not as funny, but I thought it was funny at the time. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. In in your ears. Podcast Network.